So my word for 2021 was unable to be used up because it exists in abundance. Obviously, there's different interpretations of what that may mean, but I perceived it as a slow burn, a burn that allows you to sort of like go with the ebbs and flows of life, a burn that allows you to be consistent even when you're burnt out, but also a burn that allows you to rest in the midst of it all. So that's the word that I chose because it brings to mind a sort of consistency that I try to encapsulate in whatever space that I occupy, uh, meaning that I'm trying to consistently align what I say with what I do and hoping that I can be held accountable to that accord and maybe communicate with people that I care about on that level as well without it coming across as somebody who has too high of standards that they don't know how to empathize or understand other people's perceptions. So that's the first part of it all. Um, one of the many lessons that I keep sort of like coming across this particular year is, is about understanding people's perceptions. And understanding people's perceptions doesn't always mean that, you know, walk a mile in their shoes so you may understand but it's a matter of like can you actually empathize with the person that you're trying to communicate to or communicating with how do you bring up a point without making it seem like it is a point that is sort of like a deal breaker or something that's wrong with them but more of a conversation point of a behavior that we can both change if you're willing to make the effort something that is sustainable because working in the line of work in working in the line of work that i work in goddamn um i work with design teams but mostly like organizational designs and we create personas of the different participants or people that we work with um we go through the different stages of design thinking, whether it's like empathizing with them and then thinking of the different variables that may go into their journey, um, ideating around what we want the outcomes to be. Obviously that changes from the beginning of a project compared to the end, um, but also prototyping around that and not necessarily being stuck on one particular idea and believing that to be the truth. It's one thing to understand your own story, but it's another thing to be able to talk to people through their own stories, if that makes sense. It allows you to learn lessons. It allows you to take on the goodness or insights, the richness of the insights that they're able to share from their experience. And maybe you can try and practice that in your own life. And that is sort of like, the importance of being able to understand people's perceptions is knowing that yours is not the only one that exists. And that has a lot to do with like self-awareness. Being able to put yourself in a position where you're not necessarily at the center of the conversation consistently and you're able to hold space for people. Actually, that's a part of a conversation that I was having with my best friend earlier today where we spoke about a variety of things, but one of them being confirmation bias, and it's something that I've spoken about in a previous episode. It's almost like when you're looking for something, that is what you will see, and that is all, and that is all that you will find. 
if you think you're stuck in a shitty situation, that is what you will find and that is what you will see. That is what you will repeatedly encounter. If you're seeking opportunity and seeking to change sort of negative or habits that don't propel you to be the person that you want to be, but you don't necessarily know where they stem from, that's when you can ask yourself, why am I doing this? Where did I learn this from? Who may have taught me this? Or what is this a response to? And that growth opportunity that comes with asking yourself those questions and being able to self-reflect allows you to be more conscious when you're around people that don't necessarily share the same viewpoints as you or people who might have had a different life experience growing up. So that allows you to breathe into moments. Breathing into moments means you're able to encapsulate their experience. You're able to not center yourself in the conversation, but you're able to ask empathetic and caring questions without making it seem as if you're passing judgment on their flaws. So that's what I mean by understanding perceptions. That's what I mean about the different interpretations or iterations that I've had to encounter that experience throughout this whole year. Oh, this is episode 35 called Notifications. So these are like the different notifications that I've gotten throughout this year. So I thought it would be a cool analogy to use. Um, In this sense, based on the fact that most notifications just come as a response to what we see on a phone screen or a digital screen and how we decide to either respond immediately or basically take our time and eventually respond because we all know or have that one friend who responds like a couple days later compared to the friend that usually responds within five minutes. Another notification that I learned about this year or over the past year, let me say, because 2020 and 2021 have just meshed right into each other. But the second one being being present when you are ready and able is so important because that allows you to actually participate and not necessarily just be in a space for the sake of not being able to be in any other circumstance, if that makes sense. People think that in order for you to survive or in order for you to be seen as somebody who adds value, you need to be consistently there. If you cannot be there for yourself, if you cannot be present or ready or able for yourself, you cannot necessarily expect somebody else to do, to do that for you, if that makes sense. Like it doesn't allow you to actually to show up as yourself, whether it's within your friendships, relationships, in workspaces, you should be able to understand that if I'm not able to show up as myself, I should be able to communicate that. If I'm not feeling well, I should be able to communicate that. If I cannot be present for you at this current moment and I can at a later point in time, I need you to be able to understand that. But how I convey that message is also just as important as me letting you know that I am not in the right frame of mind to be present for you. That can often be interpreted in so many different ways because 
people see it as well this person doesn't care or this person doesn't necessarily exert exert or extend themselves beyond sort of like what they think they're capable of and that's perfectly fine like if you think about it that's perfectly fine we're all going through the process of unlearning and relearning what we actually like who we're actually interested in what intrigues us what sparks that moment of curiosity in our lives but also what makes us want to do more what environment needs to be created for us to want to level up and change our circumstances i feel like more often than not we're not conscious of when those moments come about i mean maybe it's like a psychological or neurological thing where we can easily become deeply focused on the moments or experiences that negatively affect us that we cannot have the same amount of focus or ability to feel deeply in those positive moments as well it's almost like a limitation that we have based on prior experiences of our what can i call it what would a chakrahan call it our healing journey but that comes with the conversations that you have with your friends the conversations that you have with yourself when you wake up in the morning first thing you do you grab your phone you check your emails or you respond to text messages and even after all of that's done there's no right way to do it but it's good practice to stand in the mirror and be like i am content with what i see i know that i'm capable of doing more i know that my current circumstances are not a reflection of my capabilities but they present an opportunity for me to grow beyond them and also establish a newer version of me that is such a gratifying moment and realization that i wish so many of us can experience but that takes a level of honesty with yourself with your realities but also being able to empathize with yourself i think it's very easy to attempt to empathize with other people because think of it this way if you were as critical of yourself like knowing how critical you are of yourself hearing that from somebody else you would not want to be in the same room as that person for more than 30 minutes because you would be disgusted so knowing that you should be extending yourself the same grace you should be putting yourself in the best position possible to be present so that you're able to be there for for other people so that you're able to establish healthy boundaries you're able to to build off of the foundations that you've been trying to establish good principles and values that allow you to know this is what i'm looking for in a friend this is what i'm looking for in a work environment this is how i perceive my value in certain environments and this is how i how i see my trajectory in either or space and that goes for relationships as well so when it comes to like principles and values we look at like the family structure where were you brought up in how were you brought up what were the circumstances you were brought up in 
Is it something that you want to leave behind? Or are there certain practices that you want to move forward with? And pass on to your friends, pass on to your partner, pass on to your eventual family as well. So being able to understand that there will come a point in time where you see your parents as actual people who had to make decisions just as much as you have to make decisions and you understand the consequences of those decisions, but you also understand the trade-offs that you have to make in order to sort of like fall onto the positive side of those experiences. That changes a lot in how you communicate with your parents. It changes a lot how you empathize with your parents, but it also changes a lot how you be present for your parents. It's a matter of like you seeing them like resting, you're seeing them working, you're seeing what brings them joy, you're seeing what brings you joy when you're around them. Because, well, I want to say once you're over the age of 25, it's almost like the frontal lobe of your brain starts to slowly quieten. You're no longer reactive to certain triggers as easily as you were. And I'm not saying not at all, but if you're doing the intentional work, if you're self-reflecting intentionally, if you're setting time aside to connect with yourself on a one-on-one -on -one basis where you're comfortable with being alone because you're no longer lonely, you're comfortable being alone because you enjoy the tranquility, the quiet that comes with it. So it's like different types of notifications that you come across and those only like three that I've mentioned. The fourth one being being able to step back and not be at the center. It's something I've made reference to earlier and that has a lot to do with the ego. I know in many different situations or many different podcasts, books, TED Talks or conversations that have come up about the many faces of the ego, but it presents itself in so many different ways that the moment you're able to consistently see it, you know how to react to it more often than not. You're no longer oblivious to your trigger warnings, let alone how you would normally react in a particular situation. It gives you the ability to pause and take a moment in time and ask yourself again, why do I feel like this? What is causing me to feel like this? Is there a possible change that I could make that would change how I perceive a particular situation or a particular circumstance that I find myself in? It's almost like two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. I remember I was at work, I was still working as a consultant, um, working on a couple of Microsoft projects. And there was a moment I was in a room during a meeting. And this was probably the initial stages of like me feeling like I was an imposter because I'm a political science and history double major and not necessarily a business or accounting or whatever major. So I'm in a room where I know that my skills are valued, my skills are prioritized based on how I connect the dots. I actually have a tattoo on my, goddamn, can't see it. I have a tattoo on my forearm that says connect because that's how 
I, I identify myself. I identify I did not have the descriptor that sort of like epitomizes what I try to do in all facets of my life. I try to connect them, but in a facilitator's way instead of a everybody needs to be friends and everybody needs to get along kind of situation. I need to be able to read the room. But anyway, let me go back to my story. So I'm in the room in the meeting and we're basically reading out the objectives that we need to achieve for the week. Um, what impediments are we currently facing and what do we need help with? So possible next steps or things that we need to follow up with. And I remember being overwhelmed by a sense of not knowing why I'm here, asking myself, why am I here? And feeling like I should just like run out of this room because I don't necessarily feel qualified to be in this room. But then also the blessing in disguise was that um, that was also during a time I was actually seeing my therapist and she got me to a practice where I'm able to sort of like, you know, just lean forward in my chair, you know, just put my hands by my nose. Obviously, I can't do that because I'm holding a damn mic. Put my head between my hands and ask myself questions like, why do I feel like this? What is causing for me to feel like this? Is it a current situation or am I basing it off of a past occurrence? And that is limiting my ability to see that that is no longer a factor, even though I'm in a situation that may mirror that particular circumstance. So being able to step back from your own experience and asking yourself those self-soothing questions that allow you to see beyond what you believe you are experiencing, but also maybe even calling a friend and that friend being that person who helps you with understanding those perceptions, understanding that moment and what it may mean, but also talking you through it. So that's, I feel like those are the notifications that encapsulate what I wanted to do when it comes to using the word inexhaustible as my word for 2021. Unable to be used up because it exists in abundance. It doesn't say what it is. It doesn't say what it should be. It doesn't say how much of it, but it just exists in abundance because it cannot be used up. So being able to have the right amount of energy when you feel like there's no sort of like fuel left, that's what inexhaustible means. Like, yeah, pindeg and daughter. Shit was so nice, you had to do it twice. Like, have to see it through. You have to put yourself in moments where you're a priority for yourself. You have to put yourself in moments where you can prioritize other people's emotions and understandings and perceptions at other moments. But also understanding that we have different responses to these notifications. But what remains the same is the opportunity of how we decide to respond. Episode 35, opportunities. No, notifications, god damn. <laughs>